0: Good morning. morning. Welcome back to our little refuge in the woods. Um, uh, Again, I want to express my gratitude uh, for the efforts that you have made to um, brave the the roads, the weather, uh, the pressures of life on Sunday. and the, 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 the joys of life on Sunday. Of course, I count this as one of the joys, but I'm sure there are other joys in your life that you can identify for Sundays and making some time and, um, to share this practice and to make your way here uh, to this little Dharma Center to keep it, keep it alive and glowing. So thank you. Well, we are beginning a what we are calling an ongo period. Uh, it's a an intensive uh, six-week winter practice period, <clears throat> and uh, it was common in Buddha's day, uh, particularly during the monsoon season, to uh, they were peripatetics. They Buddha was a a walker, a traveler, a wanderer, a searcher, and uh, they they didn't have any permanent uh, <clears throat> place where they settled they they wandered and taught, uh, but during the monsoon season, they would often settle down in one place and deepen deepen their practice because it was difficult to travel and so in the tradition of um, sort of taking uh, the winter time when it, it, things are kind of settling down and the, the earth is fallow, and although it's very active um, in ways that are invisible to us sometimes, um, it's an opportunity to um, focus our practice and deepen our practice. Uh, and so we're taking these six weeks uh, to do that. And... Um, the theme for this practice period um, is, are the five hindrances and so I, I wanted to give an introductory uh, talk today on those hindrances um, because I think that they are more, much more complicated and more subtle, and more, in a way, interesting than they may appear on the surface. Um, those hindrances are, there five, uh, desire, aversion, boredom, sometimes spoken of as sloth or torpor, but A little crude, we prefer boredom, Um, restlessness, and doubt. So, desire, aversion, boredom, restlessness, and doubt are the five hindrances. So, I asked myself, first of all, why are there only five? it's hard to give an answer to that. Um, as far as I can see, there are millions of hindrances. <laughs> I mean, wherever you turn and on the, every corner, there's a hindrance. Uh, so, what, what is this f- five? Why are there five? I mean, I can think of our culture being a hindrance, uh, my cats being a hindrance, <laughs> <laughs> my... Um, your family being a hindrance, uh, your schedule being a hindrance, the weather being a hindrance. I mean, why why only five? Well, very often, uh, because the teaching tradition in Buddhism uh, has been an oral tradition that is passed on by word, uh, just by listening and repeating what you thought you heard, there are lots of lists of five things and ten things and three things and twelve things and and it was a convenient way for people to remember because they didn 't write anything down, so they remembered you know the five hindrances, the three noble truths uh the ten precepts the 12 links in, the, in, in, in interdependent causation. So they were convenient ways to remember these things. <clears throat> I remembered also that there were five um, elements in traditional Chinese medicine, five elements to life. Earth, air... Fire, water, and metal. And if I put some thought to it, I can make associations between those five elements and the five hindrances. Um, Desire uh, is very much like... um, I wrote these down, like air, and also correlated to the five tastes, which is sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and spicy. So there are five elements, five tastes. And there are all kinds of correlations that I made between desire, sweet taste, and air. Between aversion Sourness and metal. Between boredom, bitterness, and earth, which has a bitter, bitter flavor. Restlessness, spicy, and fire. And doubt, salty, and water. Now you can push these around in all kinds of different ways. But what occurred to me is that we like to name things. We like to have lists of things. So it's... it's <laughs> We could name the five hindrances the five tastes. We could name them the five elements. Because they, they're really not things in and of themselves. They're sort of, they're really nothing in and of themselves. They are just ways for us to address our lives. If you look at desire, aversion, restlessness, boredom, and doubt, there is nothing intrinsically in any of those states of being that's a hindrance what is a hindrance about desire desire can be a way to connect mm. right? i i that desire is the impulse to connect with something aversion <clears throat> maybe anger or fear can what's a hindrance about that cuz Anger or fear can be a way of protecting something that needs to be protected. And similarly, restlessness can be a sign of vitality and energy. And similarly, boredom can be a way of simply accepting and settling in to the moment without needing anything more. And doubt, of course, can be a sign of curiosity and a lively mind, a mind that explores and investigates. So what is it about these five that makes them hindrances? What is it about a situation, and what is a hindrance anyway, what is a hindrance? Is it something that gets in our way, right? It just blocks, blocks our way, it gets in our way somehow. It's a burden, and it usually feels like something we need to overcome. You know, it's a hindrance. It's so I gotta get, I've gotta transform it. I've gotta get past it. I've gotta get over. I have to overcome it. but by having this attitude toward the hindrances it's almost as if the hindrances themselves are hindrances that is regarding something as a hindrance to your practice or to your life is a form of aversion it's i don't that's in my way I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I'm treating the hindrance in an aversive way, in a hindrance, a hindrance kind of way. What if we took something like restlessness? I'm restless, and said to ourselves, that's okay. It's not a hindrance. It's only a hindrance something is only a hindrance if you want to to get somewhere beyond the hindrance or beyond where you are, right? If you're if you're if you're on a road and traveling, and there's a roadblock, uh, you say, "Well, in order to get to my destination, I need to I need to get rid of that roadblock." But what if there was no destination? What if you weren't trying to get anywhere? What if you had no gaining idea that where you wanted to be was beyond this restlessness so restlessness becomes a hindrance only if you want to get beyond it or if you want to get somewhere else and yesterday we talked about this this state of mind that we want to be in you know that this perfectly blissful um, equanimous balanced state, and that's where we want to get. And if we're restless, we can't get there. That's, but it's only, that's only because we've projected that state as being a place that we want to go, and thus this is a hindrance to it. But again, what if we just dropped the idea of trying to get anywhere? Then the hindrances are no longer hindrances. They're just what is. Right? So I'm I'm restless. If I try to overcome that, I'm fighting something. I'm 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 in an aversive state, and that truly is. Suffering, resistance. But what if you we accepted the restlessness and just said, I'm restless and I'm in touch with the what isness of the restlessness. I am just with what is. I'm not necessarily wiggling all around that is giving way to the restlessness or acting it out, but I am with the feeling, with the impulse. I'm not trying to get anywhere else. I'm just staying with what is and staying with the isness of my desire my anger my fear my doubt my boredom i am wit i'm at, i'm at witness and accepting the presentness of this feeling or impulse or state then i would say the hindrance what we saw as a hindrance becomes a gateway it's not a block it opens us to accepting what is to what is in the present moment so we sort of we sort of milk that state that we've called a hindrance, we milk it for its present momentness. (laughs) We get in touch with the strength of being in the present moment with that feeling, with that impulse. And so often I will say that get friendly with the hindrances. They're not something to be overcome, in the sense of resistance. (laughs) You know, oh, I I want this perfect state. You know, I want peace of mind. I want my ears to stop ringing. I want you know whatever. You know, (laughs) and I've got to overcome whatever's blocking that. And then you're in you're in a struggle. What if the same thing with all the other myriad hindrances what if you simply invited it for tea?? Welcome. Um, I had an experience with jealousy. At one point, and it was a feeling that I really didn't want and didn't like. It seemed really antithetical to, you know, being someone who accepted everything and wasn't envious or, you know, um, and I could easily have started fighting with myself. You know, you. Is ridiculous. How can you feel that? Um, get rid of that. Get rid of that emotion. Uh, that's, not, that's not appropriate for someone practicing Zen. Uh, and you know, doing the judgment thing and trying to overcome that jealousy. And then being in a how do you do that? You know, and, and there are many methods that people offer for, for example, overcoming desire. You start thinking of all the negative things about what you desire. Or if you're averse to something, you th- they suggest you think of all the, the beautiful things about what you're angry or fearful of. Uh, and if you're restless, you try to anchor yourself uh, with a mantra or a you know, a, 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 a single. Uh, method of practice, but all of these are forms of resistance and they involve you in unnecessary suffering. So in our during our intensive practice period, I would like us to explore the ways in which we can Integrate and accept the hindrances and work with them rather than overcoming them rather than beating them up and beating ourselves up because we we experience these this jealousy I decided i 'm going to take my jealousy for a walk <laughs> and come on. Let's go. Let's go on to the meditation trail and oh, let's walk together. No resistance. Just come on. Let me let me put my arm around you and <laughs> and get a get a feel for what's going on here and who what what's going on in me. And by the time I left the meditation trail, um I was fine. The jealousy was still there, but it wasn't a hindrance. I wasn't fighting with it. it. It was just accompanying me on my walk. So, in some sense, all of these hindrances, in some sense, may reduce to resistance. Resistance. Somehow, when you call something a hindrance, you are saying, it's in my way. And I have to, I have to resist it, I have to find a way to overcome it. So you get involved in a war, in a battle, in trying to overcome, overcome that hindrance. Instead of treating it as a gateway, and becoming very fit, familiar with it and friendly with it and accepting it, and exploring it and investigating it. Um, there is a remarkable story about a Japanese soldier during World War II. His name was Lieutenant Onoda. And he was assigned to lead a company on an island in the Philippines. And he his orders were to defend this island against the enemy and never give up. Never surrender and never and he's not to take his own life either. And his commanding officer said, no matter what happens, we'll come back for you. But you, you cannot surrender, and you cannot take your life. This was in 1944. He was assigned to this post. In 1945, that island was taken. But Onoda <coughs> didn't know that, as they were in guerrilla warfare. They were in the forests of the Philippines. And he just kept fighting, Um, setting fire to rice fields and all kinds of small guerrilla actions, killing cows. And um, at some point, leaflets were distributed by air that the war was over. And that anyone who was left should be aware of this and <laughs> come out. <laughs> Onoda didn't thought that was a trick. Thought he was being tricked. <clears throat> and he refused to surrender, to to come out. He was with a small group of soldiers, three or four, and one by one either they were killed in skirmishes or they escaped the island they left but not Onoda he stayed on fighting this war there was another effort made to because they knew that they knew something was happening on the island because people were shooting at People and, and this was Onoda doing that. So they tried to distribute additional information about the fact that the war was over. No. Onoda spent 29 years on that island fighting a war that was over. And a young hippie guy. Um, made it his sort of mission to see if he could find this man because there was some thought that he might still be alive. And he actually did find the man, Onoda, (laughs) and told Onoda that the war was over. And Onoda said that he was not going to surrender and he's not going to come out, until his commanding officer, who said he was going to be, come back for him, <coughs> came back for him. So this hippie guy went back to Japan and found the commanding officer, who was now a bookseller, aged bookseller, took him to the island and put him in front of Onoda. And... With formal orders, the war is now over, I command you to surrender. <laughs> and you know, finally, <laughs> Onoda surrendered. I love this story because I'm always asking myself what war are you fighting? that has been over for a very long time what are you resisting what are you resisting so when we when we approach the hindrances <coughs> and this reminds me of uh, that um that pogo pogo uh, cartoon that we have met the enemy and they is us right? We have met the enemy, and they is us. This ego, this mind, this small self that hangs on and resists, hangs on and attaches and resists, this is our hindrance. This, This is our fundamental hindrance. The enemy is not desire aversion, doubt restlessness, (laughs) boredom or a thousand other things it's what we resist, it's what we make a hindrance it's what we put in our way it's the roadblock that we have built, who else built it so often you hear just get out of your own way Get out of your own way. Just step aside. Make friends with these things you've created. (laughs) And look into them and see how they function. And invite them to tea and take a walk with them. Not resist, overcome, fight, war. That's not our practice. So I wanted to introduce that element from the very beginning so that not only are we speaking about ways in which our practice and our lives kind of get stuck or don't flow the way we'd like them to, that there are many, many ways of addressing that beyond just get rid of it. <laughs> Overcome it. I just wanted to make sure that we had that, that option.